I want to talk to you today about the birth of Christ in the context of moving mountains and why Jesus tells the parable or the story that if you had faith, you could tell this mountain to move and it would cast itself into the sea. It seems such a bizarre story, one that Jesus never tried and one that it seems we would likely embarrass ourselves if we did. You have to ask yourself, why would such a story be in the Bible? Would it not just leave us open to criticism, being impractical or unrealistic? But actually, the mountain moving story is perhaps one of the most powerful, often missed stories in the Bible. And it absolutely relates to the birth of Christ. I've titled my message for today, A Second Home. A Second Home. Recently, I thought I'd venture out, you know, every, now, that, now that we've named this um, virus by a Greek uh, uh, letter, I felt immune. <laughs> Please don't cut this piece and, and repost it. Um, uh, and so I thought I'd, I'd venture out and I, I, I did, took my seat at a restaurant and I thought I'd see what, what the world out there is about. Uh, the world is out and about. But there was a couple not far from me, and I, I pray you are here today, um, but I won't mention your names as I don't know you, but they were arguing. It wasn't a good argument. I could, I could tell because of the expressions. I sort of wondered if maybe I should take the knives away, just act like a waiter and tell them to call for the utensils when they felt it was necessary. What was particularly awkward about the argument is that every now and then the music would die down. And what is it about arguing and music that it dies down exactly at the time when you say something completely inappropriate? Your loudest and only swear word came out between songs. I had the thought that perhaps they should try and speed up the meal and move this conversation somewhere else. Have you ever been in a conversation and you thought, this conversation should be moved somewhere else? Whether it's an aggressive conversation or perhaps you've watched people falling in love and it's too much affection. And you think to yourself, you should move this conversation to the altar. Yeah. Ah, <clears throat> I know who I'm talking to. I know my people. And then after the altar, you can say, get a room. Before that, don't say, get a room. Get a ring. And then get a room. I hope my mother is not watching. She will take just that part of the message and she will send it back and she will say, I've been telling you that. For 50 years now, 50 years. Moving the conversation somewhere else gets more out of it sometimes. Sometimes we locate our conversations in such bad places that we don't respond well. When you're caught in a public debate, you defend yourself so you're not interested in someone else's point of view. When you're trying to get something across, location matters. With that in mind, I wanted to read to you, John, uh, chapter 1 and verse 14 from the Message Translation. It says this, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighbourhood. 
And we saw the glory uh, with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, uh, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. I want to talk to you about what neighborhood your faith is living in. What neighborhood your faith is living in. Jesus does something so extraordinarily remarkable that he relocated the conversation of our faith away from heaven where we couldn't reach and away from judgment where we couldn't win and moved the conversation somewhere that would result in redemption and recovery. You see, if you keep having these conversations in the wrong context, you don't get a result. If you're trying to tell a friend about Jesus, but the context is wrong, you've got to move the conversation somewhere where the context can produce some kind of health. If you catch somebody doing something they maybe shouldn't, that's not the moment to have the conversation. When you're drunk, the best thing you can, your friend is drunk, not you. Should be drunk in the spirit. Uh, and that's just a throwback to my charismatic days. I take it back. I'm very sorry. I'm mindful of those who came to church uh, today and, and you were already nervous of the happy clappies and you're here now. I met one or two of you in the coffee shop. Uh, you, you were drinking the coffee like medicine. And I, I just want to thank you for being here. If you, if you have a friend who's perhaps not in a good space, they're emotional, they're broken. They're, that's not the time to address matters of sin. You start there with compassion. Move the conversation into a safe place. Allow acceptance of the love of a father to a broken child. And there in that moment, you have a conversation concerning the sin of mankind and the hope of Christ our Lord. When God thinks of a way to tell the world that we're missing the mark, He sends a child. He moves the conversation to family. That's one of the biggest moves in the Bible. Do you know most of the Bible has a lot to do with geography? It's the children of Israel trying to find Eden. I took a screenshot. Please forgive me for what I'm about to share. It's, it's funny, but not funny, but funny. I took a screenshot of my DSTV uh, program choices. Uh, there is a program I have not seen. I repeat. I have not seen. But I took a photo of, of the thumbnail. It said, Opsukna Eden. Have you seen it? No? It's there. I took a photo. I'm going to post sometime next year. I can help. <laughs> I can help you find it. It's, it's people in the Old Testament trying to build a tower to get to God. Why? Because we want to relocate the conversation of who we are and where we're going. And Jesus relocates the conversation from heaven that was too high for us. And he takes it out of judgment that was too hard for us. And he puts it in flesh and blood and moves into our neighborhood so we can relate to us. And then from relating to us, he moved the conversation to another destination and took us and seated us in heavenly places. We're still getting to mountain moving in a moment. I'll tell you why that verse is in the Bible. And I want for everybody in this room to have moved a mountain at least once in your life. 
And I want you to move a mountain today if you have never moved to the mountain that is in the way. You've got to move that mountain. You know, there are lots of places in the Bible where it seems unrealistic. Tear down this temple and I shall build it in three days. That was not meant to be taken literally. Thankfully, that verse has a follow-up verse that says, and that he was speaking concerning his body, the temple, which would be resurrected in three days. I wish we would look at Scripture through those kinds of eyes often. Sure, if you want to physically move Lady Slipper and cast it into the sea, off you go. Take a video, put it on TikTok, I'll like it. But I'm not sure that's what he had in mind. And if we don't get to the depth of what he had in mind, I can't help wondering whether we won't just write off the Bible as the musings of an impractical world, rather than look at it and go, well, what is he talking about? If I had faith like a mustard seed, I can speak to this mountain, which mountain, and cast it into that sea, which sea. And if I can figure that out, then maybe I too will have mustard seed-like faith, big enough to move mountains and cast them into seas. We live in a world in which everything seems to be a mountain these days. The economic mountain, the racial divide mountain, the recovery from the pandemic mountain, the singleness mountain. Is it though? <laughs> Said everybody with a, a partner. Is it though? <laughs> Even faith seems to be a mountain. You always got to climb some kind of mountain. You're never quite enough. You haven't quite gotten there enough. You haven't quite done enough. There's always a preacher with a new angle. But actually, Jesus has already made the move for us. The first idea I want to tell you is that Jesus took the conversation off one mountain and put it on another. This is very important. Our conversation with God up until then was angry. But our conversation with God from Jesus is loving. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, respect to the parents who are taking care of your children and I, in the service. And I, I hope you know we don't mind. Hebrews chapter 12, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire. <laughs> there you go. I did my best. <laughs> Plus, I got to tell you that, that that family is killing it in look and vibe. Everyone dressed in white, everyone under that white Christmas, Merry Christmas sign uh, with selfies happening, you nailed it. We don't come to a mountain that can't be touched. It's burning with fire to darkness, to gloom and a storm, to a trumpet blast or such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further words be spoken because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touched the mountain, it must be stoned. Uh, the sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. You haven't come to that mountain, but you have come to the mountain of Mount Zion the city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkled blood that speaks better words than the blood of Abel. 
Let me tell you why locating your spiritual conversation is very important. You need to stop being a tremendous thunderstorm to everybody when you talk about Jesus. You're on the wrong mountain. And if the only faith you know about is a faith that is described by the first mountain, a thunderstorm of instruction and command, even a trumpet, oh, I'm gonna go after something here. Stop threatening people with the end of the world in order to build a relationship with God. You're on the wrong mountain. Everybody be blowing their trumpet and Jesus is trying to whisper his affections. Thank you. It's tweetable. You know, Sunday, I'm always grateful when you're in church. I have a feeling that, that your amens will top up my preaching 10%. I really do feel that. I really feel that. Having people in the room matters because it's a conversation of relationship, not a conversation of instruction. And we keep putting God on a mountain he left when his son Jesus was born in our neighborhood. Mount Sinai was an angry place with so much instruction. People eventually said, look, just stop talking about it. And today still, people have started saying, please just stop talking about it. And that's because we're talking to people by locating our conversation on the wrong mountain. It's an angry mountain, judgmental mountain full of trumpets and things. And what we need is to move it off there and put it onto the mountain where Jesus is the mediator, where thousands of saints made perfect have gathered, where angels sing songs of praises and where our lives are built on better promises than the promise of the previous mountain. God relocated to invite us home. It's frightening to me that we're not really aware of that. For some reason, once people are saved, they seem to like the angry mountain, one which you didn't go to anyway. And then there's this idea of casting a mountain into the sea. In Matthew chapter 21, I'm going to a proper version now, the NIV. Oh, I'm gonna go real deep and go King James just now. Jesus replies, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what has been done to the fig tree, a story about a tree being cursed because it had no fruit, but also you can say to this mountain, this mountain, not any mountain, not Lady Slipper, Cape Town, not the mountain. Did I say that with attitude? I repent, I'm so sorry. I know Margaret and her family are visiting in Cape Town and they sent me gifts all the way from the Middle East. And I decided not to open them until after the service today. So I'm very anxious and excited. If it was meant to go into a freezer, it has come back to life now. (laughs) A little resurrection has taken place inside that box. To this mountain, there is a specific mountain. Throw yourself into the sea and it'll be done. And if you believe you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Context of this conversation is so important. The mountain is important and the sea is important. Jesus, in his birth, relocated our conversation to another location, a loving location. But now, in that moment, you have to do something. You have to cast a mountain 
into the sea. The mountain is a mountain of judgment and the sea is the forgetfulness of God for all those who repent of their sins. You see, Micah chapter seven, it's a minor prophet. You probably never heard of him. He'll have issues when he gets to heaven. In Micah chapter, here we go. New King James, serious stuff here. He, God, will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. And you, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. The mountain move Jesus was talking about is not geographic. He's saying, if you have faith like a mustard seed and you speak to the mountain of your sin through an act of prayerful repentance and inviting Jesus into your heart, then God takes that whole mountain and he casts it into the sea of forgiveness and he remembers it no more. I love how often believers try to put into practice something out there. Show me a mountain. But the mountain is in here. And Jesus moved the conversation away from Mount Sinai to Mount Zion. And then he gave us the power through a confession and a declaration to cast out that mountain. And God would take it and throw it into the sea. You just needed the faith of a mustard seed. In one translation, uh, one gospel rather, not translation, the story before the casting into the sea story is when somebody came to Jesus and said, how, much, how many times must I forgive someone who sins against me? A lot of you know the answer to this because you're counting. <laughs> and Jesus said, not seven times, but seven times, 70 times. Which is, for the mathematical types among us is if the person committed the same sin every three minutes. And what I would suggest is change friends at that point. I think... Your friend is high maintenance. But the idea was to be an impossible amount. And then the disciples said, oh Lord, increase our faith. And then Jesus said, but if you had faith like a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, in the context of repenting, a mountain is moved. Have you moved your mountain? In another... In another passage, look, um, I've got five minutes, but you're all in trouble for three reasons. The one is there's no church using any of our buildings after us. The second is we don't have a service tomorrow, but I think we can go until. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and the third reason is that I'm not sure what I'm doing for lunch yet, so <laughs> might as well stick around with you guys. Um, in another gospel, uh, it says, you can say to the mulberry tree, uh, be cast into the sea. Actually, I mean, this is re irrelevant information, this part. There is no actual mulberry tree in that part of the world. It was a tree called the Barak tree, not a president. Um, I'm sorry, a bit cheesy, I'm sorry. Uh, forgive me for that one. Um, it's the tree that Zacchaeus climbed on to see the Lord. The little guy was too short 
normal sized people say, little guy, but I'm there. Anyway, Zacchaeus climbed the tree to see the Lord and and Jesus is using one reference after another amongst his disciples of the thing you think you need in order to see the Lord. The mountain in the way that makes it impossible for you to see the Lord. The tree you think you have to climb on in order to see the Lord. Christ Jesus has eliminated all of those things. And you, by a confession of your faith, can wipe all of those things out of the way. I want to encourage you today to be determined to cast the mountain into the sea. If you haven't done that yet, we're going to pray a prayer when we're done here. It doesn't take much more than a little mustard seed. seed, I've got mustard seeds at home. They are so small you can hardly see them. That's all you need, just enough faith to make the statement. There's one more thing concerning mountains, though, that I think is important. Jesus moved from Mount Sinai to Mount Zion, away from a mountain of anger to a mountain of affection. He cast our mountain of sin, the obstacle out of the way into the sea. But there is one other invitation, and that is to climb a mountain of transfiguration with him. Matthew chapter five, I'm back at the message translation because we're easing into lunch now. Matthew chapter five says this, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, I still believe in huge crowds coming to Jesus. Huge crowds coming to Jesus. He climbed a hillside and those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule in you. And so our conversation with Christ goes something like this. We couldn't get to heaven and have the conversation there. The only place we could have it on earth was angry. Jesus came and established a new location for our conversation. And then inviting us to the conversation, he said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can cast the mountain of sin that is against you into the sea of forgetfulness and the Lord will remember it no more. And when he was done with that, he said, climb with me as my climbing companion, apprentice with me, disciple with me. And when you get a little further up the mountain, it gets quieter. Because when you leave behind the things of the world, there was that old song, they go strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Whatever is loud in you right now will get quieter as you climb. And when you get a little higher, you'll sit down, you'll climb a bit with Him to the mountain of transfiguration, a place of change. And the master will teach his apprentices and he will begin by saying, blessed are you. That's that's the invitation to a journey of blessing. But you've got to, you, you have to have these three steps, you see. You have to get off the angry mountain and you have to cast the sinning mountain and then you have to climb the transforming mountain. And when you do that, you have no shame in saying, I am blessed. And I'm I sort of perhaps reached the end of my, I've reached the end of my, um, I want to say tether, but it isn't a tether. And then I think of a, a joke about tethers. Um, 
I'm at, I think I've reached the end of my um, awkwardness or shame at being able to say, the Lord has blessed me. I don't think I want to be embarrassed by that. Uh, I, and I don't want you to feel bad if you don't feel blessed. And I'm not saying anything about anyone. I'm just saying something about me and Jesus. God is good. And his boundary lines have fallen on pleasant places. And his plans for me are to prosper me and not to harm me. And I have every right to say that because I'm standing on the right mountain by invitation of my master. And I'm climbing a mountaintop of transfiguration. Christ relocated the conversation to a place we can connect. And I want to invite you today to take that conversation and take that step. So at all of our gatherings, would you please stand with me for a prayer? If you're watching online, you can sit or stand if you're not uncomfortable. I think of our friends watching in George, our friends watching in Tarkastat, I know Colin and his family watching in Durban. And just as we take a moment to pray, my invitation will be, will you cast your mountain into the sea? When we get to 2022, can we enter it free from the burden of the things that were working against us and step into it with a sense of things are working for me, not against me. So with that in mind, I'm, I'm going to put a prayer up onto the screen. I, I'm, um, oh, thank you, uh, production. I didn't warn them. I, I, I um, need to get back into the swing of multiple services, I think. That awkward start, totally my fault. I just forgot I was supposed to get up and say, Merry Christmas and welcome to church. So I just want Vince not to bear the, uh, yet another burden on my behalf. It was me. It was I SMS and I said, what happened there? And the reply was, you didn't happen. <laughs> there. Threw my phone away. Come see me afterwards. This is the prayer. It's, a, it's just a mustard seed. Don't analyze it as a great theological. It's just a mustard seed. But it's enough to cast the mountain into the sea. And if you've prayed this, I want to encourage you to consider how will you equip yourself to climb the mountain of faith? Now, what's your journey from here? We'll help you. We've got free Bibles. We'll give them away if you don't have a Bible. We've got Bibles here and we will give it to you. Absolutely. Just as we're giving away the Christmas Santa saved story. And we'll invite you to climb this mountain of transfiguration. So let's pray it together. I'll just pray it out loud. You don't have to follow along. But if you want to just read it out quietly in your heart, you can do that. Dear Jesus, you said in the Bible that whoever hears your words and believes God sent you to set me free from my debts of sin has eternal life and will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. I confess that I believe you and I receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul. I now cross over from death to life. Amen. Would you give God a shout of praise and worship?
I'm going to pray and send you onto your day. And I'm going to remind you that church is open, unreserved and unrestricted. Church is open every Sunday, just not tomorrow. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for relocating this conversation to a place where we can connect. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, one last shout of praise. It's so nice to see you. So wonderful to have you.